I would say, you know, I'm no different than anyone else. At the at the core of who I am, I'm just a dreamer and a relationship builder. So for me, that was where it started. It was the dream that I had. And then it was saying, okay, if I want to get there, what does that really look like? What does that really take? Failure weighs ounces. Regret weighs tons. You have to be willing to go all in. It either has to work or it has to work. There can't be a plan B. So I always had it in the back of my mind that at some point I was going to do whatever I wanted to. It's just that really said, okay, now there's no better time than now. But you have to say, okay, you know, what's the worst that could happen from this situation if I go A route? What's the worst that could happen from if I go B route? So every day I just had to keep showing up and believe, right? And and that my dream would come true, that I would help people sell buy and sell houses. And in the end, I would be able to buy my own house as well. Hey guys, and welcome to the I Love Success podcast. My virtual world tour continues. And today I am in Omaha, Nebraska to meet with an incredible human being. He had the backs against his wall and he didn't have any other choice than move up. He has decided to help other people and just overall grow in life. Meet Casanova Brooks, the real estate agent, author, speaker, and host of the Dream Nation podcast. Welcome, Casanova. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, I'm super grateful to be able to talk to to you today. And uh, can we just talk a little bit about your name? I think it's super cool. Uh, I remember growing up, Casanova was the guy who got all the girls. Is that you? No, I got I got a wife now. My son is named Casanova Jr. We call him CJ. So maybe he <laughs> could take on that role. But I would say, no, I'm no longer in that game. That's awesome. Congratulations. And can we just go back to you growing up? Uh, can you tell me a little bit about your childhood and what was the, the most important memories for from you as a child? Yeah. So I would say when I first grew up, uh, I was raised originally in Chicago, Southside. So I grew up with a single mom. Um, I was really just an inner city kid. I had not a lot of resources. Um, I had not a lot of financial literacy. I wasn't really being mentored and taught because my dad was never in my life. But my mom, they always gave me love and support. So I was never deprived of that. Um, But I was always a dreamer, I would say. For me, I had big dreams. I wanted to figure out how I could really go after those dreams. I wanted to be every, I wanted to be everything, right? So what do I mean by that? I remember I originally wanted to play professional sports. Then I wanted to be a big time lawyer. Um, At one point, I remember I was thinking, man, it would be cool to be the president. Like I I had big dreams all the time. But the one thing that I knew, though, was um, it was all about relationships for me. So from a young age, I was always somebody who I could really find my way in different circles. Right. Because I just I, I loved building relationships with people. So that was where I started from. Then when I was. Uh, 15 years old, I was diagnosed with stage four lymphoma cancer. Um, I went through two years of chemo. That was obviously a very trying time in my life because of the fact that I was a 15 year old boy. And I was really trying to figure out what I was going to do with the rest of my life, even though I was still so young. And on top of that, I'm trying to manage friends and emotions and girlfriends and all these things. So 
that was definitely a trying time. And then um, also about five and a half years ago, I went through another storm where I lost my mom, my job in my home all within a matter of a couple of weeks. So I would say, you know, I'm no different than anyone else at the, at the core of who I am. I'm just a dreamer and a relationship builder. And Casanova, I want to talk a little bit about uh, being an inner city kid or why do you think you, like, can you talk about how did you change your path or why didn't you end up in the corner selling drugs? Like what, what was going on in your mind and how did you kind of create a good life for yourself? Yeah. So I think that there's a lot of people that played a part in this, you know, first and foremost, my mom and grandma that they, they kind of always told me like, Hey, you got to stay away from the corner. You know, I had family members that were into drugs, that were into gangs, that was into violence, all those things. So I think that they all at least looked out for me to say, Hey, you don't want to live this life that I'm living, or you don't want to live this life that he's living. And so being young, it helped to at least spark a little bit of fear into me. Right. Cause I was just like, wow, like, um, they're telling me that, that, that I don't want to do that. And so in so many ways I was very rebellious, but in those ways, I, I guess I just really looked and, and I seen death as a young age, you know, from not only best friends, but from other people who my mom, um, was very, very close with. So, for me, I, I think that a lot of people played a hand in that. But how did I, you know, start to create the life that I wanted and the life that I'm living today? I think it first started with my mindset and making a decision. For me, I, I take it all back, and that's why I have my podcast, Dream Nation. But I take it all back to everything starts with a dream, right? You had a dream that you wanted to impact a million people, regardless if you hit a million, if you hit five million, or if you only hit five thousand. It started with that dream. Right. The numbers didn't really matter. You focused really not on the 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 process, but you focused on what is the impact. Right. If the impacts because we got to have a why. And, and I didn't want to be as cliche to say, figure out what your why is. But the reason why I say you got to have a why is because you need something that will pull you through the toughest of times. You need something that's bigger than you. And so for me, I always knew that like I wanted to be able to impact other people to where they said, hey, because of you, I did not quit. Right. We all have an unfair advantage. For some of us, it's being able to draw. For some of us, it's being able to be very analytical. For some of us, it's having a lot of patience. Like my wife, she has a ton of patience where I, I don't have as great a patience. Right. For some of us, it is, you know, being an action taker. Right. Whereas other people are very, very risk averse. There's so many things, but you have to figure out what is your your gift, what's your your superhero power. And then after you make that decision, you have to tie it into your dream. So with the superhero power, I have a dream that I would like to do this. And then you have to constantly ask yourself, well, why do I want to do this? Okay, well, what are the steps that's needed to be taken to do it? So for me, I started with starting with that dream, figuring out, okay, what did it take for me to get there? And that meant that I had to level up my mindset, right? That meant that it wasn't about necessarily just what I knew, but more importantly, who I knew, and even better than that, who knew me, right? Because those are the people who were going to be willing to put their name on my name as in a cosign. And then at the end of the day, that would allow me to open up many or more doors, which again, I would be able to have much more impact. So for me, that was where it started. It was the dream that I had. And then it was saying, okay, if I want to get there, what does that really look like? What does that really take? 
And that, that was how I started to, you know, really define who I was and what I was going after. I think you're touching on a great point because almost everyone has some type of dream, but so few actually take action. And unfortunately, we wait a lot of us wait until we're down on our luck. I got fired from my job. That's when I started uh, creating a better life. So w- what do you want to tell to those people that have that dream and they're not taking action because life is kind of half ass good or bad? Yeah, I would say that failure weighs ounces, regret weighs tons right? Failure weighs ounces, regret weighs tons. I think a lot of the times the reason why we don't take action is because we're afraid to fail. We're afraid of what other people may think. We're afraid of our egos being crushed. Sometimes we're just afraid to lose money, whatever it may be. But if we understand that at the end of the day, we do have a a date with destiny, right? And that time's going to come when you're 40, when you're 50, hopefully when you're 80. But you don't want to look back on it. And when you look back on your life, you say, hey, I really, I regret not taking that chance because you only get one shot at this. So for me, it was all about, I got to take those chances now. And understanding that if you're listening to this right now, there's a huge possibility that right now your motor is running higher than it ever has, right? And if your motor is running higher than it ever has, this is now, there's no better chance than there ever will be for you to be able to really capitalize on whatever it is, because later on, you're going to have more responsibilities, right? Inflation, taxes are going to go up. It's only going to get harder from here. So right now is the best opportunity. I say in real estate all the time, you know, the best time to ever invest in a real estate was 20 years ago. The second best time is today. You have to be willing to go all in. It either has to work or it has to work. There can't be a plan B. And how do you deal with uh, things not going your way? You're a leader and uh, I know a lot of leaders, you want so much, but then you have to have the patience as well, right? And how do you deal with that, working with other people and kind of take those steps in order to accomplish what you guys want as a team? Yeah, so I would say the first thing is to manage your expectations when you first get started. And this is something that I learned early on, but it was, listen, They're never going to do it like you do. They're probably not going to do it as good as you. And they're not going to have the feelings that you have. Reason being is because it's not their business, right? So it's not their baby. So you have to understand, you have to meet people wherever they are. Everyone's different. That's not to say you're not going to have a disciple that becomes your CFO or your COO or anyone else. But if you can temper your expectations going in and set the right expectations on your own mindset, then I think that that allows you to be more cool, calm, and collected at the end of the day. Because for me, I've wanted people to to, to stay up hours of the night to work, but it's like, understand that they're not going to get that same type of compensation and that human nature. It's not to say everyone, I don't want to put a blanket statement, but in human nature, if they understand that they're not going to reap all of the benefits, there's only so much that probably they're willing to do before they hit the breaking point. Right. And that's just kind of the security mindset. And it's, it's a little bit of human nature. So for you, what you have to do is if you temper that and you say, figure out ways that you can empower them based off of what motivates them. 
right? So everyone's motivated by different things. So if you, all of a sudden, if you go in with the right mindset and you say, hey, I'm going to give you a raise, but you notice that the work ethic does not change, then you have to take a step back rather than getting frustrated and say, okay, what did I learn out of this situation? What's the best things that I could take away from this? Okay, I learned that when I gave a raise, that didn't fix it. So now let's go back to the drawing board. Let's see if we can do more culture events and see if we can do more team outings. If this person will feel like they're more a part of the team and they want to put in more hours, they want to put in more or they want to take on more responsibility. So I think that number one, you have to temper your expectations because it's so easy to say, he's not doing this, she's not doing that. But if you temper your own things and you say, okay, have I assessed the situation as best as I could? And, or am I assuming you know, that this person only wants this or this person only wants that? Once you do that, I think that it'll be a lot easier to not get as frustrated. And I think the other thing around that is to understand that when you do get frustrated, it's probably because you have not taken any breaks, right? So what do I mean by that? I think that we all need breaks into something. If you are working eight to 10 hours a day, every single day, and you know that you're on lack of sleep, lack of coffee, your body's not feeling energized, right? So if you could just take a step back Again, become cool, calm, and collected. Take a breather, take a break, and ask yourself, okay, what can I do better in this situation? That's what always makes a great leader. You have to be able to assess the situation. You don't have to necessarily do every single thing or fire someone, but you have to say, okay, you know, what's the worst that could happen from this situation if I go A route? What's the worst that could happen from if I go B route? And if those things happen, Will I be okay with it? Am I able to bounce back from it? You know, and if those answers are yeah, then you you still have to choose one of those uh, options. But you have to be in the trenches, and you always have to assess the situation. And Casanova, I'm I'm curious. Do you think that success and happiness are the same thing, and can they walk hand in hand? Yeah, absolutely. I think that happiness really is success, to be honest with you, because everybody doesn't want to be an entrepreneur, right? Everybody, I think, should want to work for themselves, but the reality is everybody's not wired that way. And so you can't look down upon them. And if you're happy, if you're, you know, if some people, let's say this, for example, some people love having kids. They want to have four or five, six kids. They want to have it all. Some people are fine just traveling the world without having those responsibilities. You know, they're great uncles, they're great aunts, they're great godparents, but they're not built for kids. And so, but they still have that happiness in themselves. So I think that no matter what it is that you're doing, if you could truly say that at the end of my rope, if I live this for the next 10, 15 years, you know, or even for the rest of my life, if I would not have any regrets, if I think I won't have any regrets, then I think that that's all that really matters. Because as we know, the monetary gains, you can't take them with you. The house, you either have to pass it down or you have to sell it. You can't take it with you. The cars, all those things, you either have to sell them, pass them down or pay them off, however you're going to do it. You can't take those with you. So I think at the end of the day, we have to figure out how to be happy because there can always be another opportunity for you to make money. There can always be another opportunity for you to invest not only in stocks, real estate, Bitcoin, everything, right? But the one thing that you can't get back is your time. And when you look back on all of the time that you spent doing whatever, were you happy or do you have those regrets? If you were happy, I think that's all you can really ask for because that means at the end of your time, you'll be peaceful. If you weren't happy, then I think at the end of the time, you'll have a lot of regrets and then you'll be very resentful. 
It's very, very true and interesting. And, and talking about, uh, I know you're a dreamer. How do you work with goals? And do you think it's important to chase goals? Yeah, I think absolutely. You got to have big goals. One thing I tell people all the time is you have to be married to the destination, but you don't have to love the journey, right? But you have to be married to the destination. I think, yes, it's very important to have long-term goals. I think it's very important to have your eyes set on something. Prime example, we talk about basketball again. The goal at the beginning of the season is to win a championship, right? How many times are you going to like every single day going into the gym, putting up a thousand to five thousand shots before you can leave the gym? Nobody really loves that. That's very monotonous, right? There's very tedious. It's it's very trying. But at the end of the day, if you win that championship, it's great. And if you don't win it in that first year, you don't just quit. You keep going, right? But I think that with that, even though you have your eyes set on the destination, you can't say, okay, I'm going to jump from zero to 100. I think the way you have to do is you have to set little goals. You have to be able to get you a snowball mountain of wins, smaller wins, right? And it'll just start to compound. So no matter what it is that you have, if your goal is to you know, make $100,000 in one calendar year, then you have to break that down by six months, by three months, by one month, even by one week and one day right? How much do you need? And because the smaller wins allow you to gain confidence. I think why a lot of people never start is because they don't have full confidence in themselves. It was very hard to get full confidence in yourself when you're only looking at, man, I need to win a championship. Well, yeah, well, you haven't even started to get in the game yet. You're not even playing the whole game. You haven't even scored 20 points a game yet. How do you just jump straight to the league and say, I got to win a championship? So focusing on, okay, this game I have right here, you know, can I play two quarters? Okay, I played two quarters. Can I play the whole game? Okay, I played the whole game. Can I score 20? Can I score 50? And I think just taking it that way, but then after a while, you'll start to learn that it's just like pedaling a bike. In the beginning, the first pedal, the second pedal, maybe a fifth pedal, it's tough. But once you get to going, you see the wind at your face or even better at your back. And now you're just free riding. No, that's great. And I'm curious, when you start in real estate, what were your doubts? Like, talk us through the first couple of months. Like, what were you doubting and how, how did you or a, a mentor help you like kind of uh, move forward from that? Yeah. So when I first started, my doubts were that I could sell anything right? Like my big thing was where, how do I sell things? And my doubts was even as well, how do I perceive, how do I have others perceive me as an expert, right? Because I was brand new and I was afraid that if they asked me any question, I wouldn't know the answer to it. So those are probably my biggest doubts. Now, how did I overcome that? I think it was just by, like I said, pedaling the bike every single day. I took every question and, and I had one out. This was something I learned early when somebody would ask me something that I wasn't aware of. I say, hey, you know what? Great question. Let me talk to my broker because that's one that I don't get too often. Let me talk to my broker and, and I'll get right back to you. Is that okay? So that gave me an out on essentially anything. And it just bought me enough time where I could go figure out the right answer. And then I could come back and my people would love me. So I think that that was the big thing for me. But that, that was the doubt. It was how do I bring an in income? How do I sell something? Like that was that was everything for me. And how how did you do that? How did you get your first deal? Uh, so my I, I got my first deal by doing open houses. So I was basically a lot of people coming through. It was a lot of trial and error. 
Um, I was trying to build relationships and I didn't know if it was working or if it wasn't, but I got my first deal because, you know, a couple came through an open house and I built a relationship with them and I just kept following up with them. And, you know, within a couple of weeks, they wound up buying a, a pretty large home and we still have a friendship to this day and it's been all great. So that was what it was. It was purely relationships and purely just going through the fire because when people first started coming through those open houses, I was doing them weeks on end with no results. And when people first started coming through those open houses, um, it wasn't going my way. At least nobody was buying. Nobody was saying, yeah, I'm going to buy with you. So every day I just had to keep showing up and believe, right? And, and that my dream would come true, that I would help people sell, buy and sell houses. And in the end, I would be able to buy my own house as well. And uh, the, last, the last and final question is we're all about helping people achieving their dreams. Sharing stories is amazing, but at the end of the day, I want the people that have been listening, that have been watching, that spent an hour with us to take action. So what would you say is the first step they can take in order to get a little bit closer to what they want? The first step that you can take is, is having self-awareness. And what do I mean by that? We all have strengths and we all have weaknesses. The problem is we focus too much on our weaknesses and not enough on our strengths to be able to go take action. So what I would say is having self-awareness, having the awareness to know that maybe I'm not the sales guy. So that means I need to partner up with the sales guy. Maybe I am the sales guy, but I'm not the, the, the back end person, which does all the bookkeeping, the taxes, or maybe just not even the marketing guy. Yes, they can go hand in hand in a lot of things, but figuring out where are your weak points and then hiring you know, or partnering, giving some equity, whatever you need to do so you could just get that needle moving forward. So that's what I would say. That's the number one thing. You have to figure out what are your strengths and what are your weaknesses? Because if you know those are your strengths, then it's easier for you to take action. But if you're only focusing on the weaknesses, then go hire that out. And then I think that you'll be totally fine. I think that's great. And I've seen, I remember competing in karate. We saw people winning a world championship by being the best at one thing. And when, when I was new, I realized like, I got to be good at everything. And my coach told me, no, you got to be really, really fucking good at one thing mm -hmm. <laughs> that, that could take you anywhere. Right. Right. Uh, Casanova, uh, I really appreciate your time. If people want to connect with you, like how, how do people get in touch? Yeah. So I'm the most active where well, you can go to casanovabrooks.com, C-A-S-A-N-O-V-A brooks.com. Um, and then. Um, I'm the most active on Instagram. So Casanova, C-A-S-A-N-O-V-A underscore Brooks. Uh, but then also if you, you know, like the things that I say and, and you've gotten any value out of this, I think the number one place to probably reach me is through the podcast, uh, which is the Dream Nation podcast. So those would be the three places that, that I'm connected with people the most. Awesome. Thank you, Casanova. And thank you, everybody. If you're still here an hour in, it means that this have hopefully given you some value in your life. Uh, I want you to take action. And there's a couple of things I want you to do. First of all, uh, I want you to go to a special place or meditate on the things that Casanova told you today and, and get some self-awareness. What are you good at and what do you need to develop in? Also, check us out at ilovesuccess.co. We have more than 180 of these amazing conversations with incredible people. Uh, listen to those, uh, learn, and take action. Don't be the person that just going to the next podcast, next 
this podcast. Instead, take action on what you've learned today. Also, I have a big fat mission. I want to help at least 10 million people to go after their dreams. I can't do it myself. Uh, Casanova can't do it himself. So show us some love. Share this with somebody that needs to hear this message. And that's it. Thank you so much, guys. Peace and love.